Hey, it's Kate. We have a new reporter on our team, Jessica Mendoza. She's hosting today's episode. Here she is. I'm curious, who taught you how to file your taxes? Um, you know, it's, uh, I'm not sure I ever really learned. I, I learned mostly about taxes from writing about them. Our colleague Richard Rubin covers U.S. tax policy. What is your favorite tax reference in pop culture? I was listening this morning to a song by the band Cake where they go like, you'll receive the federal funding, you can add another wing. <laughs> it's like the perfect song to write about taxes too. It's about where the money comes from and where it goes. The U.S. tax system is something everyone loves to hate on. Sir, uh, why did you wait until the last minute to pay your taxes? Because I'm an idiot. Happy? The U.S. is weird, right? The U.S., unlike a lot of other countries, has a very complicated income tax system, which makes my job fun. But I think it's something that people approach with a fair amount of trepidation. Yes, fun for rich, less fun for the average taxpaying American. Yes, I think... Filing your taxes is probably never going to be fun. And it can also be expensive. But that might be about to change. This week, the IRS said it's planning to pilot a new tax filing system. And if people like it, it could make tax season more bearable and disrupt the tax prep industry. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Jessica Mendoza. It's Thursday, May 18th. Coming up on the show, how the IRS wants to change the way you file your taxes. This episode is brought to you by C3 AI. C3 Generative AI enables rapid access to secure, traceable, hallucination-free insights from enterprise systems, all while using any LLM helping enterprises turn the invisible into the obvious. Learn more at c3.ai. Every year, when tax season rolls around, Americans tend to do one of two things. They sit down and do their taxes themselves, or they pay someone else to do it. You probably stick to your pattern, right? You probably end up, if you do TurboTax or H&R Block or you know, Jimmy's tax service down the street or your uncle's favorite accountant. You kind of get in that habit and you keep doing it. So it becomes somewhat familiar, like, you know, like raking the leaves in the fall or whatever. (laughs) You know, I can use the fancy expensive leaf blower thing or you can do it, you know, by hand, right? You can rake them all up with a manual rake and, and you don't really think a lot about it. When the government started collecting income taxes about 100 years ago, Only high-income Americans needed to file. And they would often have a personal accountant file the return to the IRS. But in the 1940s, the U.S. had a war to pay for. So the government started taxing more Americans. It was really World War II that turned it from what some have called a class tax into a mass tax, where you had just the bulk of Americans all of a sudden needing to file tax returns. And so it's in that World War II and post-war period where income tax filing became something that lots of people had to do every year. As more people paid income taxes, 
the government also started offering them tax breaks. Like, you can get a tax cut if you have children or if you paid college tuition. As a result, the tax system became really complicated and harder for people to navigate. And private companies saw this as an opportunity. Two companies in particular came to dominate the tax prep industry. Intuit, which owns TurboTax, and H&R Block. H&R Block is, is the sort of uh, granddaddy of tax prep companies. And H&R Block was perfectly timed to meet that growing demand that was coming in that post-war period when the income tax was expanding and, and becoming much more of a, a cultural phenomenon and a necessity for the government. These companies offered services, usually for a fee. They made it easier for taxpayers to fill out and file their tax returns. But once these returns got to the IRS, things would slow down. The IRS used to have processing centers all over the country. And last year I went to one of them, it's this enormous building. And there were carts full of paper returns that had come in. They were just on the cart, you know, gradually rolling their way toward literally where people would take the return out, sit there with a red pen, circle the key numbers on the return, hand it down to the next person on the assembly line, whose job is to then look at the red pen circles, type those numbers into the system. While the IRS was still processing paper returns, tax prep companies had started building software to help people fill out their tax forms. In the 1990s, the IRS was saying, oh, there's these things called computers. That's going to be a lot more efficient than giant piles of paper, right? So the IRS was thinking, ooh, we've got these giant facilities. We've got truckloads of mail coming in. This does not seem like a modern tax filing service. We should upgrade it. How should we do it? The answer they came to was to partner with companies that were already working on these online services. And for a while, the partnership worked. Because, Rich says, people like the hand-holding. First, tell us a bit about yourself, and we'll customize the questions to you, saving you valuable time. And they're simple questions that don't require tax knowledge to answer, like, did you get married? Or did you buy a house? Next. And that Q&A format that the accountant software or tax preparer uses is really useful because they're an interpreter between the government, this very complicated, you know, tomes of tax documents, and you. There was one important detail to the partnership between the IRS and tax prep companies. The Intuits and H&R blocks of the world could charge customers a fee. These days, it can cost as much as $200 to use their services. But the companies were also supposed to let some people use a free option. For example. If your income is below $73,000, you can go to the IRS free file website. And that's basically a portal through which you can use private companies' tax software, and that's free. That was the deal. But it turned out that's not what was always happening. A 2019 ProPublica investigation found that some of the big tax prep companies were making it so complicated to get to the free file service that some people ended up paying for tax prep, even when they didn't have to. And that got the companies in trouble with a number of states and the Federal Trade Commission. Yes, they said free, free, free on the website, but in fact, you had to pay once everything went through. Intuit, which owns TurboTax, is paying out a legal settlement because it had been sued for 
guiding people away from the IRS free file program into some of its paid services. After it was sued last year, Intuit had to pay $141 million to people who should have been able to file for free, but paid for their services instead. Intuit did not admit any wrongdoing in the settlement. I think that just led to a lot of frustration among Democrats like Senator Elizabeth Warren, Senator Tom Carper, uh, who've been interested in this. These lawmakers say Americans aren't served well by these companies, and they started asking how the IRS could do better. So in 2022, when Congress passed the Inflation Reduction Act, the bill included $80 billion for improvements to the IRS. And it asked the agency to explore what a new government tax filing system could look like. On Tuesday, the IRS released its report. So it's a report that says, okay, could the IRS do its own software, its own version effectively of TurboTax and H&R Block? That, that, like, that's the sort of fundamental premise of this report is could the government just do this, right? Like, how much would it cost and would people want it? That's after the break. After releasing its report this week, the IRS said it would test a new system for filing taxes directly with the government. The agency called it direct file. So I think it's designed to be something that's more like TurboTax and H&R Block. Theoretically, the IRS could use the information it already receives to autofill some tax returns, though this wouldn't be something they'd do until much later. So the IRS has, from your employer, UW2, they know whether you have children, they know what your address was. And so the bigger killer IRS app is really what they call a pre-populated return, where the IRS takes the information it has about you, drafts your 1040, sends it to you and says, hey, does that look good? Sure, done. Is this new IRS filing system meant to replace what the private sector currently has in terms of options? Well, the IRS Commissioner Danny Werfel was telling reporters this week that it's not intended to replace or become the only way that you can file it. They're not going to ban you from using TurboTax or an accountant or, you know, you can have whatever professional assistance you might want. Their aim is to just provide this as a, a public portal, a public service for people to use. Would it be free to use? Yes. No, it's absolutely designed to be something that's a free government service. What problem is the IRS trying to solve with this new tool? They're trying to solve the problem that is lots of Americans pay for access to what some people think should be a core government service. The ability to file your tax return in an easy way to meet your obligations as a taxpayer should be something that the government lets you do in in a straightforward way and enables that. And so they're basically trying to offer a public service that is now not really available, but which you might think you would expect the government to provide. But 
But before the IRS can roll out a new tax filing system of any kind, it will have to overcome some pretty major challenges. So one thing that the IRS recognized as it developed this report was the importance of customer service. So that if people are on their computer at, you know, hopefully people will file promptly, but if it's 1130 at, you know, on April 14th and you're sitting there trying to figure out what you're doing, is, is there going to be someone there either via chat or via phone who can help you? Another challenge, what to do with state taxes. So this is relatively easy for someone in Florida or Texas or a state that doesn't have an income tax filing requirement. But for people in New York, New Jersey, California, Minnesota, wherever, it is going to be a little trickier. How how useful is this IRS tool going to be if you then have to go figure out some way to file your state taxes? Yeah, like I'm thinking about that now and I'm like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) Right, you don't want to do that, right? So like something they've got to figure out as they go forward is how well can they interface with state systems so that this provides the benefit it's intended to provide. The IRS estimates that the whole project could cost between $60 million to $250 million a year, depending on how many taxpayers use it. And not everyone is convinced it's a good idea or that the IRS can pull it off. Republicans are are very skeptical of this. They've, you know, argued that the IRS has other things it can do. They point correctly to a track record the IRS has that is quite mixed on uh, information technology projects. There have been occasional times when IRS data has, you know, personal data has been exposed for various reasons. Um, so there's legitimate concerns about privacy and security, as, as there are with private companies too. But that that's something that you hear people raise concerns about. Critics are also concerned about the government's incentives. Would the IRS want to maximize taxpayer refunds when it's also the agency in charge of collecting taxes? Republicans are much more receptive than Democrats to this concern about the IRS being on both sides of the transaction, the IRS helping prepare the returns and then audit them. So I expect uh, a fair amount of political back and forth in the in the coming months over this. Private companies are also fighting the IRS's proposal. They've been increasing lobbying spending over the past year, and they're trying to persuade lawmakers to if not to intervene, to at least ask a lot of hard questions of the IRS. And they're basically arguing that this is not necessary, that the system that we have now works well, and that the IRS should focus on other things. The IRS plans to build a version of direct file and let some people try it out during the next tax season. Based on your reporting, how likely is it that this will actually turn into a system that the IRS winds up adopting? I don't know. I think the extent to which the Biden administration and Democrats are in charge of the Treasury Department and able to nudge this thing forward, they've indicated a pretty clear interest in in trying to make something like this happen. But I think it also is just going to depend on how it's perceived. But while the IRS pilots its idea, most of us will still have to do our taxes, same as always. For a lot of people, this is a chore, and they're going to get the chore done. And if they have a government tool to do the chore, that's great. And if they got to pay for a private tool to do the chore, so be it. But this is really about your obligations as a citizen and a taxpayer. And so it still can be a very nerve-wracking experience. 
in part because you know that if you get something wrong, there are real consequences. That's all for today, Thursday, May 18th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like our show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.